listening to The Coach's Corner with Mario Ramos. What is up? Back into The Coach's Corner. Mario Ramos here with Frosty Van Houten of TVL Football. You can follow Frosty at TVL Football on X. You can give me a follow on Twitter at Corner Ramos. It's The Coach's Corner, the place to get the inside information from the coaches themselves. Check out the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, so let's break it down. Frosty, week 10, and what a big week it was. We had a huge matchup, uh, essentially the, the battle for second place with Escalon um, sitting at top of the TVL standings. You had Houston and Hillmar coming into the contest at 2-1, and one, and it was a big game out there on Lander Avenue. Came down to the wire. Hillmar able to win it off a two-point uh, by stopping a two-point conversion. Houston got a last-minute touchdown and was going for the win, and it, Instead, Hillmar was able to get a big stop defensively, had a chance to talk to Alex Cardenas of the Hillmar Yellow Jackets and kind of what was going through his mind during that situation. Let's hear it. I was shocked. I mean, but we were prepared, though. Okay. We knew that they were, it was going to be a hard-fought game mm-hmm. and that the only way to beat us was to go for that two-point, and we had stopped them. And how, how quick you got to kind of turn your, your mind around, right? They just got a touchdown, kind of momentum swinging that way. And yeah. you got to buckle down and, and figure out how to, you know, keep them out of the end zone. Yeah, for sure. Again, Alex Cardenas here of, of Hillmar with Mario Ramos. What, what was a senior night like? I know you've been a, a jacket, right, your your entire high school career, and this is the, the final time you guys are stepping out there. Um, what was kind of the message in the locker room for you seniors, and, and what did you want to kind of – what kind of mark did you want to leave in your final game? So the mark I wanted to find, leave was that I wanted to get this win that it was going to be our last home game, actually, for the season. So yeah. I just wanted to go out with the bang, and this game meant a lot for us. For sure, yeah. It puts you guys at 3-1 and one now in TVL, 6-3 and three overall with the playoffs in sight. Um, you guys got a game coming up against Modesto Christian. What, what's the game plan? What's the mindset going into that game against the Crusaders? The mindset is that we got to be prepared. We know that. They're good on the past. They're an air team, and we just got to be fair, and we can't overlook them. Uh, so we, we mentioned you play a little bit of right tackle. Um, what, what's that like, especially for Hillmar, right? It's not you, you know, dropping back. Sometimes you got to kind of yeah. get out in space and be able to, to be athletic as well, right? Yeah, for sure. So tell me a little bit about that. Tell me a little bit about your role on the offensive line. Um, as my role is, as you know, I always got to protect the quarterback and for the running back. Because we do run the ball a lot, and then even for passes, you know, I got to protect my quarterback and just be prepared. What do you like better? Would you like uh, getting a, a pancake block, just running somebody over, or getting in the the defensive backfield and getting a tackle for a loss? I would say a pancake because just man, once you're on top of that defender, it just just feel powerful and it's a good feeling. Something about those pancake blocks. Those offensive linemen really love those things and getting out there and showing off their strength. But that was, again, Alex Cardenas of the Hillmar Yellow Jackets picked up that big victory, 24-23 over Houston. Frosty, what were your thoughts on, on that giant matchup in the TVL? Oh, yeah, man. That was that was by far game of the year. Had uh, huge implications. Obviously, we talked about a little bit last week, the playoffs. It doesn't really – I mean, it's the best thing for the TVL because it didn't really hurt Houston too bad. Yeah. Houston was going to be the two or three, I think, anyways uh, in D6 because you got Sonora pretty much locked into that one seed. Yeah. So uh, you just want to – if you're Houston, you want to avoid the four seed. You want to stay away from Sonora. So it didn't really affect Houston too much, but it was huge implications for Hillmark. Yeah. 
because this win now catapults them into the top three, either the two or the three, which is probably going to be the three. They're looking at Casa Roble as the one seed and then 12 Bridges as the two seed there in D5. So you want to be on the opposite side. You want to be away from the four and the five. And a loss would have kept Hilmar at the four or if not the five seed, then they would have had to have gone the super gauntlet to win it because Casa Roble seems like the monster in D5. So what a win for Hilmar. We knew Frank had something in the the tank there. I believe looking at the stats, they had Houston uh, was only like 10 points going into the fourth quarter. So, I mean, Hilmar's defense showed up, stepped up, balled out. You know, you got uh, Cardenas, the lineman you talked about. You got uh, the running back slash linebacker, Cardoza. Uh, He's playing lights out. So, you know, there's a lot of pride in that program. And that win, I mean, I think that not only catapults them, you know, into that three seed, locked into that three seed, I think that win gives them a clear path possibly to the section championship. Uh, and so if I'm living in Hillmar, I'm loving life. You know, that's, yeah. that's the win of the year. That's the win that you had to get. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that actually, we talked about quality wins last week too. Yeah. Um, they also beat pa- uh, Los Banos. So that's a league champion. So Hillmar's mm-hmm. got a couple quality wins there. People kind of overlooking them kind of maybe because Escalon steamrolled them that yeah. night. And like I said, Hillmar looked off. I told you, mm-hmm. uh, they, they just looked like they got punched. They got rattled and they, they yeah. couldn't figure out how to get back up. They got a little wobbled early and, uh, but man, what a win last week. Sure. That, uh, two point conversion, boy, those refs took about 10, 15 <laughs> seconds to signal if it was good or bad. So talk about enough drama in that game, no joke. uh, quite the drama that night, but we knew Hillmar was going to keep fighting, um, and that's that's the biggest win of the year for those guys. I think that win kind of gets Frank the nod maybe for Coach of the Year in the mm. TVL. I mean, uh, Andy's doing big things, great things. I'm sure Andy's going to get a lot of votes. Andy's my boy, mm-hmm. ride or die, but uh, that's a signature win there for Frank. I think that's a signature win for Hillmar's program. Yeah. And I think that catapults him. I'm going to say it right now, that catapults him to the section championship in D5. I like it. No, and just the, the kind of, you know, going from one week, like you said, getting punched in the mouth against Escalon to now flipping it around and having that momentum kind of swing over for the Yellow Jackets. That was a big-time victory. Again, 24-23 over Houston. From the Houston perspective, you like the call from Coach King going for two? Yeah, I think uh, going back to the Escalon game, uh, you know, we kind of went in there and we played to win. And uh, I think he was kind of going into that Hillmar, you know. I'm sure his team would have been just fine in overtime. Yeah. You know, usually you go for two when you're the dog, right, when you're mm-hmm. trying to sneak out of there with a dub. Mm-hmm. But people don't realize how tough it is to go down to Hillmar and get a win. So he was trying to get out of there. Uh, I don't blame him for it. He's been in some situations this year where he's, seeing the other team go for the win and get it. So I think he was possibly thinking it was his turn. And, uh, yeah, man, I think uh, all of us coaches here in Eskimo probably would have done the same thing. Mm -hmm. So, no, no, I'm totally for Coach King. And, again, that doesn't hurt Houston. It really doesn't Mm -hmm. because you're going to have Sonora locked into that one, so you really just want to avoid the four, right, the four or the five. And I don't think that loss – drops them any farther than three so they'll be fine 
Yeah, no, I think they'll be fine as well. And I'm with you. I, I absolutely love the play call going for for the win on the road. You know, it takes big time cut, guts to be able to do that, and uh, you know, confidence in your team. And Coach King definitely has that uh, with the defending state champs, the Huskies. We're trying to look to you know get into section championship and maybe you know repeat. Uh, but we'll see what they do and how they bounce back this week uh, when they take on Ripon. We'll get to that one later. Yeah, and uh, one thing, Coach yeah. Ramos, sorry to cut you off, no, you but did. you know they were they were held to ten points going into that fourth quarter. That means you know they scored two touchdowns in that fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. I think Coach King was thinking my offense is rolling a little bit here. Yeah. Maybe their defense is gassing a little bit. So. Why give them a five-minute break to uh, hydrate and rest? And you know what I'm saying? Like, no, great point. let's keep this thing rolling. I can hit him with one more play. Sure. And you know, Hillmore's got a lot of pride. That defensive line's got a lot of pride. Yeah. And uh, those guys, they held it. They held the line. That's what they talk, talk about holding the line, brother. And they held it. So, mm-hmm. yeah, big, big win, huge win, huge win for Hillmar again. Three and one. Uh, drops Houston to two and two, and they'll take on a Ripon squad out there in Ripon. Ripon just came off a, a forty to seven loss against Escalon. We talked about that last week. The newly refurbished Engel Field. What was that like, man? It had to be a lot of fun out there for Escalon, especially with the the final tally on the scoreboard. Man, it was electric. Uh, I sent you a video of Coach Larrero in the locker room, the pregame speech. Mm-hmm. He was uh, he was ready to go. Got which got all of us coaches pretty hyped. <laughs> yeah. I'm not going to lie. I was sitting there almost like, I don't know what. I'm like, am I going to cry here? What the hell's going <laughs> on, right? Like, we're, we're in this locker room. We're getting pumped. It's the home opener. It's homecoming. All the boys, we just got out of the parade. So we were all downtown at the parade. And they took us to a team meal. They fed us like king. Nice. Um, man, we're spoiled here in Escalon. You know, we talk about, you know, the football aspect of it, but off the field stuff is next level. You know, I mean, we got so many team moms and team doctors and I mean, we're taken care of around here. So homecoming was a special treat. Obviously the opening of Ingle Field, a lot of memories. Yeah. Um, I brought my kids down on the field, let them run around on the grass. It awesome. was, man, it was quite the night. It honestly felt like the pregame activities went a little bit too long Hmm. uh, because by the time the game actually got kicked off and got going, uh, I felt like both teams were, like, running around at, like, 75%. (laughs) You know, that first quarter was kind of sluggish and slow, trying to figure things out. Uh, Very first play of the game, Roosevelt hasn't thrown a pick all year in uh, league play probably underthrows it by about five yards i mean hmm. i don't know we were just a little flat we just came out yeah. ripping comes out gets the pick um and we're like boys dude you know this is gonna be a game this is a rivalry mm-hmm. so ripping came out held fort they uh picked off Rosevink in the red zone and uh they didn't get too much going on offense though our defense has been waking up we held ripping to less than 100 yards rushing Wow. And we also held them to less than 100 yards passing. So uh, defense balled out. Their one score was on a, I think it was the opening kickoff of the second half. They took it to the house. So there was a little excitement for the Indians. Yeah. Um, but I think it's just a different level of physicality. I've told you before, Coach Ramos, mm-hmm. um, I don't know, when we flip that switch and really start playing defensively, we start wrapping up, tackling. You know, we got 11 dogs hunting that fullback, hunting that ball, hunting somebody down. Um, 
we're tough, dude. We were knocking oh, guys sure. out of the game. You know, I think uh, a couple of their running backs went down early when we started hitting. And, uh, you know, next thing you know, the physicality took over, and that's when I walked out of there 40-7. to seven. Yeah, and you've heard me, you know, sing those praises before. That's the thing that kind of set you guys apart. Uh, but you guys are just forcing people to, to make those, you know, tough plays in those situations. And, you know, sometimes, you know, they're not able to handle that physical pressure that you guys are bringing. And then also, too, to your earlier point with Rosavink's interception, I think sometimes we, we forget, right, with the emotions and all this stuff that these are high school kids. And sometimes they get wrapped up in that. I'm sure there was a lot of pageantry and everything, you know, christening the new field. And sometimes, you know, you got to fight through those emotions to get into the ballgame. Yeah, man, it's a wild stat, you know. I don't think there's been another quarterback, at least in Escalon history, maybe in league history, but played in more big-time games. I mean, his sophomore year, we went 12 and two, 12 and three. His junior year, we go 13 and three, win state. You know, he's going to be nine and one if we win this one this year. So, I mean, this guy's got what 35 wins and five lost, six losses in his life, right? Yeah, yeah. Um, but it's just one weird thing. If you ever look at his stats from homecoming night, they are terrible. I oh. love Donnie. We call him Donnie Dimes, man, number seven, <laughs> the Ice Man. I like it. But uh, his stats would be Madden, through the roof, Madden-esque, if you just <laughs> took away. Two years ago, we played Kimball for homecoming, and I think he had a few picks. Last year, we played Houston for homecoming, and uh, he had a rough night that night. And uh, we kind of talked about it as coaches. Just let him play. I think we'll be all right tonight. Yeah. And sure enough, the, I think one of his first throws of the night, he underthrew it. <laughs> I mean, Rippin made a play. You know, don't get me wrong. Usually yeah. Sam Jimenez ball hawks and takes anything and everything out of the air. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, man. But I love Donnie, Donnie Dimes. Actually, I don't talk about him enough on this show. Uh, we'll talk about him here in a little bit because yeah. I really think you look at his numbers, man, what a senior season he's having. That was his first interception in league play. Yeah. And we've already gone through all the Giants, you know, so uh, quite the numbers for Roosevelt. Yeah, for sure. We'll get to talking to him later. We're going to break down some of the uh, the season awards, at least in our view, as the coaches are going to get together here shortly and discuss those. And me and Frosty will kind of go through that ourselves. Uh, but that takes us to the final game, uh, Escalon beating Rippin, and then the final matchup that we had last week was Livingston taking on Modesto Christian Livingston, the squad that you guys are going to be facing uh, this week. Escalon will be taking on Livingston here on the final week of the season. But the Wolves, they're rolling a little bit, picking up a couple of dubs, had a chance to talk to their quarterback, three-sport athlete Sebastian Casanova. Let's take a listen. Mario Ramos here with Sebastian Casanova, the quarterback for the Livingston Wolves. Wolfpack on a two-game winning streak, picking up victories against Rippon and Modesto Christian in the last couple of weeks. Sebastian, what has these last couple of weeks meant to you? Uh, these last couple of weeks, uh, like you guys said in the last couple of podcasts, have been every game has been a Super Bowl. Uh, we've really been connecting towards the end of the season as a team, having more chemistry, and uh, we're all clicking together. That's awesome, man. It's got to be a pretty cool feeling, right? You know, have these games on a Friday night, but just to show up to practice every day, right, and be around the guys and be in the locker room with the fellas. Yeah, another week is always a, a great week with the guys. Yeah, and this week uh, you guys got Escalon coming up. And we know what Escalon's about, right? We know that they're they're one of the top-notch programs uh, within the area. But like you said, this is your guys' Super Bowl, right? These are your guys' big games. When you walk off that field uh, this Friday night, and it's senior night, 
You know, the last time you're, you're going to strap it up for the Livingston Wolves. What do you want to be feeling when you walk off that field? Uh, oh, well, hopefully we come up with the win. Yes, I'm going to be happy because I played four years uh, with Livingston. Yeah, what, what does that mean to you? I mean, you're, you're a three-sport athlete. You do some wrestling, some baseball. I mean, four years uh, playing football as well. What does it mean to you to be part of the Livingston Wolfpack? It just brought everyone together as a family. Like, we're all pretty much brothers. We all grew up with each other. So it's, we're a pretty tight family. And we play this game on Friday. It's going to be a meaningful game. For sure, man. And football has become meaningful there in Livingston because of the way you guys are approaching the season. Uh, like we mentioned, you know, on a two-game winning streak, playing with some heart. And like we've talked about on the podcast, you know, this is a team that's going to bring it. Definitely uh, can walk off the field with their heads up high uh, the way that you guys have played. And I think a big part of that is the leadership that you brought to the table, Sebastian. Coach Ryan has several talks with me just to be a leader and have show great energy on and off the field with the players. Ah, like I said, I think you're doing a great job of that, setting the example. You guys picked up a couple big victories um, over Rippon and Modesto Christian to now get you guys up to two wins in league. And then you got the game coming up against Escalon here on senior night. Go out there, ball it up, man. Have a, have a blast. Heck of a career, heck of a season. Again, Sebastian Casanova, the Livingston Wolves. Thanks a lot for joining the podcast. Thank you for having me. Sebastian Casanova, the QB for the Wolfpack. Again, they'll be heading out or they'll be taking on Escalon at home for senior night. And the Wolfpack, man, picking up a couple victories. They won 47-22 over Modesto Christian, squad that's kind of found something here at the end of the season. Yeah, they're gelling, man. And, and you know what he said in that interview was, you know, they're putting in work and they're, they're coming out here to win, right? Yeah. They're not playing Escalon to, like, play Escalon. Oh, Dad, I scored a touchdown against us. No, dude. Yeah. Like, we have an honest belief in this locker room that we can go out there and bang with these guys. And it's a two-half game. We tell our guys all the time when we play Monster, get them to halftime. Make them think. Make them make adjustments. Make them do work, right? Mm -hmm. And they got nothing to lose. Might as well throw the bombs. You know what I'm saying? For sure. Casanova, you've been wanting to scramble uh, on the, you know, let it fly, brother. You know what I'm saying? Go get it. I appreciate that. And uh, that's what they've been doing. They've been getting better. You know, they've been talking about some of these teams getting in the playoffs. Now they mentioned D7 doesn't have enough, and they're letting three win teams in. Some of those teams won three games week one, two, and three, right? Mm -hmm. Like, Livingston has been winning some games here down the stretch, building something, building momentum. We talked about Casanova's stats. Got like 400 yards passing, 400 yards rushing. You know what I'm saying? They're figuring out. They're figuring out ways to win games. Mm -hmm. And when it comes down to it, you know, it comes to heart. And those guys aren't done, you know, those seniors down there living, they're not done playing. So we expect a battle. You know, people talk about Livingston as like just another game on the schedule. But, you know, for Escalon, that's a road trip, right? That's yeah. that's an hour, hour and a half. You know, that's a trap game. That's trouble. You know, you got you to gotta be in these situations and you got to be able to perform outside of your element. So it'll be a difficult situation. The first quarter is going to be a chess match. And uh, hopefully we get on them early, right? I mean, yeah. that's that's our advantage being Escalon is people read these articles and newspapers and, oh, they're in the California top 100. If we don't come out there and punch you in the face, we're just another team. You know, we're just another group of guys on a Friday night. And um, if you got 11 dogs on a Friday night, you got a chance. So. Yep. Livingston's coming to play. We're excited to go down there. 
And if the Cougars win, they clinch the TVL championship. Mm -hmm. That would be the 25th TVL title. And uh, it's a big one. It's a big sure. one for everyone. So I, I wish uh, Livingston nothing but health and success. I wish them luck this Friday night. But uh, you're telling me to pick a game. I'm going with the Cougars, right? <laughs> yep, I, I get it. I get it. Uh, again, a lot of purple and gold will be out there uh, this Friday night when Escalon takes on Livingston out in Livingston, a chance for the Cougars to cap off the perfect TVL season, 5-0, and and, and keep that championship to themselves. I'm sure Hilmar wouldn't mind uh, you know, Livingston picking that one off and Hilmar taking care of business against Modesto Christian. Um, so we'll see how it all shakes out. And then the final matchup this Friday will be Houston at Ripon, like we mentioned earlier. So that'll wrap, wrap up TVL play for this season. And as we get to our first and goal segment here, Frosty, uh, we're going to kind of wrap up somewhat the uh, the postseason awards a little bit, if you will. And we'll go ahead and start with Coach of the Year. I know you mentioned yours earlier, uh, Frank Frank Marquez of Hillmar. Uh, why would you give him the nod? Just to reiterate your point. I mean, to bounce back after a game where they got throttled, where I'm sure that community was like, oh, maybe is this the end for Frank? He's been doing it for a while. But, you know, people start doubting. People start questioning the man's ability, and if there's one guy in the town of Hillmar born to coach that team, it's Frank Marquez, and he came out there, and he got the win that he needed to get. You know, let's be honest, it, it didn't really matter uh, preseason or not. They had to win that league game yeah. to get that number three seed, to get out of that four or five spot, mm -hmm. to get on the other side of the bracket of Casa Roble, and Frank put it together. He put the team out there to get the job done, Came up with the game plan, and in my opinion, that was the win of the year in TVL. And if we're just talking about pure TVL uh, statistics, pure TVL awards, mm -hmm. then I would give the award to Frank Marquez for Coach of the Year. Sounds good. I, I like it. Can't argue it too much, other than, even though I will. Um, I, I go with Andy Beam. Um, the, you guys have been road warriors all season out there at Escalon, and I think that takes a lot to – to you know, have your team come out each and every night with their best performance, and you guys you know, let one slip off the board against California High. Um, but you know, for the most part, you guys have you know been dominant every single time you guys have stepped out on the field. And I think you know, like I said, being on the road each and every week and not knowing you're going to have a, a home game, and then all of a sudden you do get a home game, and you got the emotions to go with that and all that stuff. I think just keeping them on the straight and narrow, he's done a heck of a job this year. Yeah, he's he's pretty good, you know. <laughs> I'll give him the nod. He's all right. uh, yeah. You know, we'll put it out there. And uh, not to mention, he uh, him and his wife they had a child about two weeks ago <laughs> too. too. So yeah. this guy is uh, pretty much killing it at everything in life right now. So for sure. All right, so let's move it on. Second down, we'll move it on to MVP. You want to go first? Who's your choice? MVP's tough because you really have to factor in offensive and defensive statistics, right? Mm. And sure, there's guys that have outrageous offensive numbers. You look at, we talked about Rosalvink. We talked about Caden Bailey, mm -hmm. um, Bernard, at Modesto Christian, yeah. you know. And um, I think, you know, if we're just going to be, like, basing it on offense and defensive overall, special teams a little bit in there as well, I'm going to give it to my boy, Sam Jimenez. Okay. Uh, this guy's walking in with uh, 650 yards receiving, nine touchdowns on offense. He really opens up the running game for Escalon. You can't just 
single cover him. Yeah. And a lot of teams are finding out they got to put a safety out of the box up high mm-hmm. to just keep eyes on Sam Jimenez or Ryan Lewis. You know, we got a couple options out of the backfield. Um, I think that's what makes him valuable is like the offensive stats are there, but you look at him on defense, he's got 30 tackles. He's got five interceptions. Two of those are pick sixes. Uh, the big interception against Hillmar, right? Yeah. Right before halftime, they're driving. They try their wheel route around the outside. It's one of their little trick plays. Yeah. Sam reads it, gets the pick in the end zone. Boom, Cougar score. Goes from a you know, 21-14 game to a 28-7 game, right? Mm-hmm. It just changes the whole momentum. Uh, so my MVP, I'm going to go Sam Jimenez. I know I sound like a homer saying that, and he is only a junior, but I'm putting the statistics together. He also has kickoff returns, punt return duties. So this kid's on the field the entire game, and I don't think Escalon goes undefeated without Sam Jimenez. I'm with you. I think uh, Escalon doesn't go undefeated as well if they don't have Rosa Vink out there at quarterback. Um, that's my choice for MVP you see the team at 4-0, and you see the quarterback out there putting numbers, 20 touchdowns on the season, three interceptions, 118 quarterback rating on the year. Uh, this guy's just as cool as a cucumber out there. Doesn't really get rattled unless it's homecoming night, I guess. Um, but other than that, uh, the dude's just been rock solid for the Escalon squad. So that would be my nod. I know it's kind of um, cliche, right? You give it to the quarterback on the, the championship <laughs> team. No, well, and also look at his stats. That interception last week was his first pick in league play. Mm -hmm. So in league, I think he's got probably, I don't know, 500 yards. I think it was seven touchdowns to that one pick. If you look at his overall season, the other turnovers, the other two picks and fumble came in that California high game. Mm -hmm. So if you, like I talked about his homecoming performances, if you threw one game out of the record book, man, he would have Madden numbers, you know, and, like you said, cool as a cucumber. I think a lot of these kids are they're going out there. They, obviously, you want to put stuff on tape. You want to put stuff on film. Some of these kids, they want to be next level. Yeah. The thing about Donnie is, you know, he is a next level quarterback, and he doesn't really – not that he doesn't care because he cares. He cares about his performance. He cares about these statistics. Mm-hmm. But he's not going out there every Friday night to impress some coach to impress some scout there's no added pressure on him he already knows what he wants to do in life his family is very successful at ranching and they uh do walnuts walnut burls they harvest that you know he, yeah. he already knows what he wants to do in life and i don't think he has that added pressure that say uh mcdaniel at houston has right mm-hmm. he's got d1 scouts watching every game every clip every film yeah. Uh, and I know Donnie's been offered some opportunities, and maybe he will jump at that. And I, he is a next-level quarterback, yeah. but um, you know he, he doesn't put his um, he doesn't put that added pressure on himself. And that's what I love about Donnie. Yeah. You said it. You hit the nail on the head, man. The Ice Man, right? Yeah. Just yeah. cool as the other side of the pillow, brother. Every sure. Friday night, whether he's throwing touchdowns or picks, he's Donnie, man. He's yeah. seven. Nice. And uh, it's been an honor to to watch him play these last three years. It's it's, it's the the numbers are ridiculous, yeah. and uh, the amount of wins and games. I mean, he's played four full seasons, and we haven't even started the playoffs of his <laughs> senior year. You know, crazy. Yeah, no, I was uh, lucky enough to call. I think his second varsity game ever when you guys took on Sonora, and he, he looked calm and, and cool out there making plays in that game. And really, the demeanor hasn't changed. He's just gotten a little bigger, stronger, and faster. 
Yeah, man. He's uh again, he's 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 definitely I like I said, if, if Sam Jimenez is my MVP, then I will put Rosavink as QB one, right? Yep. If we're going all league who's yeah. first team all league quarterback, it's gotta be Rosavink. Sure. I mean I love McDaniel, I love Bailey. Mm-hmm. Um McDaniel's got some great numbers too. Yeah. I mean McDaniel's uh Seventeen hundred yards, eighteen touchdowns, three picks—almost exactly the same numbers mm-hmm. as uh, Rosavink. But I think the one thing that haunts McDaniel is that Escalon game. Yeah. He went two for thirteen for like twenty-one yards. I think it was. Mm. I mean, I don't think that guy's—that's probably the worst game of not just his high school career, maybe his life. Yeah. I don't think he's had a, that bad of a game in Pop Warner. You know. Mm-hmm. So uh, I don't know. Escalon's D showed up that night. McDaniel had an off night. You know, I've seen him on fire. I've seen him walk into Escalon and beat the Cougars. So I've seen him toss the rock. Yeah. But uh, I think that one game haunts him. And then obviously last week they lose to Hillmar, and that puts him down in the third place. And then, you know, there goes that consideration for MVP or all-league quarterback one, you know? I hear you. All right, let's move it on to the third down now. I think, we, I think we're on the same page here. We got Offensive Player of the Year. Who you got? Yeah, offensive player of the year. If we're looking at pure statistics, just league statistics, mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's got to be Caden Bailey, right? Okay. Like, look at this guy. He's got 1,400 yards rushing, 14 TDs, but just in league alone, he's got 700 yards rushing. So that's what this week would be game five. Yeah. So in four games, he's got 700 yards rushing. That's crazy. And nine touchdowns. That's crazy. Like, that's. You know, our our best rusher in league, Graham, has 380 and five touchdowns. Villarreal, 350 and four touchdowns, right? Yeah. Um, the one-two punch of Caden Bailey and this Cardozo kid in league, mm-hmm. when you look at the numbers, it, it's it's staggering, dude. Uh, Bailey, like I said, 700 yards, nine touchdowns in league. Cardozo, 500 yards and four touchdowns in league. I mean, between the two of them, yeah, that's crazy. 1,200 yards. Yeah. Uh, that, yeah, that, those are just Madden numbers, dude. So I'm giving it to Bailey. Okay. Plus, he's got that kind of flex where I could put him at receiver. I could put him at running back. I can put him at quarterback if Donnie needs to play off, right? Mm-hmm. Like, I can play him anywhere on the field. So I think yeah. if you're talking, like, offensive MVP, it's probably Caden Bailey, Hillmar. Yep, right there with you, man. Dude averages 10.4 yards a carry. That's that's a first down every time he's toting the rock. That's <laughs> That's insane. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah. it's he's just uh, you know, a chess piece that you can move everywhere around the offense and provides that versatility. You know, talk about him and Cardoza. I was surprised that uh, the game wasn't much closer with you guys and and Hillmar. Uh, both those guys had over 100 yards rushing. Both those guys found pay dirt. Um it was just defensively they couldn't stop the big plays from happening on the other side. But yeah, Caden Bailey, um that dude is a force to be reckoned with on the offensive end. No doubt. What about on the other side of the ball? Defensive player of the year. Who you got on that side? Yeah, defensive player of the year. I mean, you talk about Houston has that middle backer, Vern. Mm-hmm. That guy's, I mean, yep. a tackling machine. You, you could yeah. put him at any level yep. on any team, and that guy's walking off the field Friday night with 10 tackles, right? Yeah. So uh, Burns is in the mix. I believe he has a pick six as well. Um, obviously, you got to talk. We don't talk enough about Ryan Lewis. Defensive lineman here at Escalon. Yeah. Um, you watch enough games, enough enough film, 
you realize these teams run away from this guy, right? <laughs> like, he's that big of a force. Not saying our other defensive end, Francia, is, uh, Nico Francia is any, you know, uh, some slouch, but people are trying to get away from Ryan Lewis. Um, so I would throw him in that mix. Jamin Miller, our middle backer, Krieger and Miller. Like, I think that was what separated us from Houston is Houston has one outstanding middle backer, but we got two studs, you know what I'm saying? So between Krieger and Jamin Miller, that might be the toughest award to give out because you've got deserving people. I think what hurts Burns is, you know, the two league losses, the same thing that hurts McDaniel, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and then last year, Delgado, it was a, he was the clear winner. He had like eight interceptions, right? I think he's got two this year. So the the statistic numbers aren't there. Yeah. Um, I think there's a defensive lineman from Hillmar that's actually tops in the league in tackles. So, um, yeah, it's uh, this will be a tough one to pick. Um, man, I'm going to sound like a homer again. I'm giving it to Ryan <laughs> Lewis, man. I mean, I see him every day. He's only a junior. You know, I just made that argument about Roosevelt's been in more battles in his life. Ryan Lewis lined up right next to him for every one of those battles, right? Yep, yep. And he's still got one year to go. <laughs> what makes Ryan Lewis next level? He's already played 40 games. He's only a junior. That's crazy. We could possibly get five more games this year, right? Jeez. He could possibly run the table his senior year. He could have played 50 varsity games. Wow. You know, it's, it's unreal. Yeah. So, um, he's going to be our – next big D1 athlete. I mean, we might have a couple dudes uh, find their way this year between Jamin Miller and a couple guys, but Ryan Lewis is the next real deal, and he's already been the lineman of the year in the TVL. You might as well give him defensive player of the year, too, right? (laughs) I'll give it to him. All right, so defensive player of the year goes to an Escalon guy, according to Frosty. According to me, it also goes to an Escalon guy. I'll give it to Sam Jimenez uh, with his five interceptions. We know what he does on the other side of the ball. Uh, but like you mentioned, you know, making plays in the secondary as well. A couple pick sixes for the Cougars. But, yeah, I had a few guys listed um, also on there. I had uh, Krieger, one of your guys, your middle linebacker. I, I just love that dude. I love the way he comes out and hits people um, in the mouth and kind of sets the tone defensively. I also had David Burns from Houston, 73 tackles, four yep. of those for a loss and a pick. And I also had Dakota Maynard. I'm not sure if that's the Hillmar lineman you were talking about. He's got six sacks on the year. So that's another guy yeah. who's making an impact. Just want to make sure we get his name out there as well. So yeah, but, exactly. Give him love, man. My my bad. I should have had that in the notes. I know most of these guys by jersey number. And <laughs> it sound uh, crazy when you just start listing numbers off. Uh, so yeah, no. Um, there's some dudes out there putting up very solid sure. numbers. There's not one guy that just jumps off defensively. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Obviously, Sam Jimenez. Not only the interceptions, but the pass breakups in that Houston game, right? Yeah. Like McDaniel's no slouch at quarterback, and he Jimenez was out there breaking everything up. So, yeah, it's um, it'll be tough, you know. And, and I thought the kid Max Mankin, the defensive end for Houston, yeah. I thought he had a monster night against us, you know. But the consistency through the entire season, yeah. it's got to be Ryan Lewis, man. He's he's a next level athlete. He's a, he's a defensive game wrecker. You know, they talk about game changers, but he's a game wrecker. There's, there's games where we tell him, I don't want you getting sacks, right? I don't want you, you know, you're contained this week. Anything comes, you shut it down. Yeah. And he takes every job every week. And that's why his numbers aren't through the roof. But, again, when they're running away from you, that's telling you something. For sure. All right, what about um, our final down here, fourth down? We're going to go our all-around athlete, our flex player, all-around 
athlete or player that you would put in this spot? Who you got for your flex selection? A dude that I would uh, love to see in like an offense like ours or plug him in in Houston. We haven't given Bernard any love yet. Yep. Uh, our dude down at MC. Yep, yep. Uh, he's a special teams defense. He's got probably the interception of the year, right? <laughs> yes. I mean, that pick alone yeah. puts him on pretty much every all-league team. Uh, he, he would definitely be first-team all-league receiver uh, with the numbers he has. Mm-hmm. But I just think overall athlete, put him anywhere. I mean, obviously, we talked about Caden Bailey. But, I mean, Stan Caden Bailey next to J.B. Bernard, and you tell me who's going D1 this year, right? Yeah. Like, it's just – it's so obvious. And his numbers don't fall off. Like, he's got 1,300 receiving yards, 17 touchdowns on the season. Mm-hmm. But you get into league play, he's still got 600 yards and seven touchdowns, right? And then he had that monster pick. Yeah. That was against the uh, Ripon, I believe, that night. Yeah. So, yeah, man, he's been wrecking it, not just on some of those cupcake non-league games, but defenses are actually having to shut him down in the TVL, and they're finding it is a difficult <laughs> thing to do. You can say it, but you can't do it. Exactly. Yeah, easier said than done when you're trying to stop that monster receiver. He's my pick as well. Like you're saying, we've got to give him some kind of love for the season he's having. Um, can't go unnoticed. He'll be out there making plays for Cal Poly next season. And we had a chance to talk to him last week. He just seems like a great dude, right? A great teammate, a guy that, you know, you'd want to block for, you'd want to get the ball out to, you know, and try to do everything you can to help this dude. And as a coach, that's the guy you want, right? A guy that's sure. to come out there and learn, sure. but not just learn for himself, for his teammates, right? Yep. He can be a quarterback on the field. He can help other players know where to line up, be gap sound responsibilities right mm-hmm. um he's a, overall he's a smart athlete right we don't talk about that enough yeah um some of these guys you know they're not just great athletes on the field they're be in the classroom they're next level right mm-hmm. and uh yeah he's going down there to play football don't shock me he's on their basketball team too right <laughs> like he's, he's just an all-around great athlete seems like an all-around great kid yeah uh he's got god in his life i respect that you know sure um so yeah it's a big thing man i'm proud of him he's next level there's a lot of next level athletes in the league one guy we didn't really hit on as well dude i talked about cardozo running for crazy yards look at josh graham and Escalon. give this guy a little shout out he's got a thousand yards on the year Mm -hmm. 11 touchdowns right yeah i mean the fullback is i mean it's usually our horse right last year we had Riker peters they're like, oh, we can't replace Riker Peters. Here you go, right? Here's another 1,000 yards, right? Here's <laughs> another dude that can grind. And throughout league play, we talk about offensive line, defensive line. There's three running backs from Escalon right now in league that have over 250 yards and multiple touchdowns. Oh. So that's saying something about our offensive line. Sure. We're grinding 500 yards a night. It's crazy. It's, it's unreal. Even games like last week where we thought we played terrible. I think we ran for 250 yards, <laughs> you know, so it, it, uh, it's a lot to our offensive line yeah. and, and uh, defensive line. And a big part of that, like I said, Ryan Lewis, Josh Graham, Jamin Miller, Nate Krieger, these guys that uh, they're not on any of these all league MVPs and things like that. But if you take those guys out of the program, uh, you definitely don't have as strong of a team, you know. So a lot of love to my guys. 
I know I try to go on this show and hype the other schools and, and give a lot of love, and sometimes mm-hmm. I leave my dudes out. And um, I'm give big shout out to my offensive line. Big shout out to uh, Talon Ryder, Josh Graham, you know, guys like yeah. that. So, sure, man. No, well deserved. Again, you guys are sitting at top of the TVL standings because of the efforts of those unsung heroes like that. So, yeah, get their names out there, get them the shine that they deserve, and we'll take a look at this Friday night and see what's still shining on the TVL schedule as it comes to an end. Again, Escalon taking on Livingston out there. Senior night, Hillmar will head out to Salida, take on Modesto Christian. And then right down the road on 99 will be Houston and Ripon out there in Ripon, California. So, Frosty, thanks a lot for, for joining me again, man. It was cool to kind of wrap up the uh, the postseason awards. Um, next week, hopefully, we'll get a chance to, to get together and, and talk some playoff football. Yeah, man, it's crazy to think we're at week uh, 10, week 11 here, right? Yeah. Regular season is already over. Wild. Well, they'll be over this week. Um, yeah, the brackets, I believe, come out this Sunday, uh, 4 o'clock. So that'll be interesting. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think the TVL set itself up uh, as rough of a loss that is for Houston last week. They're still in the driver's seat of their own destiny. Yeah. Uh, that win catapults Houston or Hillmar over Houston there. That puts them in the three seed. I said it earlier. I think that, that catapults them into the section championship. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then Escalon. D four man, here we go, right? Nope. Uh, this is gonna be there's gonna be some horses in D four. So uh, we'll get into those predictions, but I'd like to see Sonora, Houston, D six. I'd like to see Casa Roble versus Hillmar in D five, and I'd like to see this this the Del Lago versus Escalon yep. in D four. Yep. And uh, ooh, there's a chance. There's still a chance, baby. Yes, so indeed. chance for three banners. Yeah. Oh yeah. Well in sight, and we'll see how it all shakes out. See how it all plays out when the brackets are released this Sunday. Once again, man, thanks a lot for joining the podcast. I appreciate it. Coach Ramos, you're the best, man. TBL football appreciates you. The kids around this league appreciate you. And like I tell you every week, we find out there's more and more listeners, right? (laughs) More and more listeners, and that always means more and more haters, right? (laughs) So sorry if I sounded like a homer today, but uh, Uh, I got to represent my boys, right? So. No, it's all love, man. Good, bad, or indifferent. We appreciate hearing from you guys. Again, check out Frosty at TVL Football on X. You can hit me up at Corner Ramos on X as well. Check out the podcast on Spotify, Apple Podcast, or wherever you get your podcast. Special thanks to Frosty Van Houten, Alex Cardenas, and Sebastian Castanova. We'll see you guys next time. Peace.